When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It came up in another interview. I feel like it was all the smoke. And KG, KG told the story how he couldn't get a hold of him. And he told he, he was reaching out to you know people from the Lakers. No one and he never heard back from Kobe. Mm-hmm. And after hearing that story, I kept, I couldn't shake the feeling that Kobe received that message. And I just think that he maybe thought about it long and hard. And maybe there was some reservation. Maybe he was like, you know what? I don't know if KG is the right guy, not because of his talent, but just because these guys could clash. You know, this guy was the hungriest guy in the NBA. There was no one hungrier for a championship than Kevin Garnett. It wasn't even close. And I think Kobe had to make a serious decision. And of course, a personal one that he wasn't going to say to anyone and make it, you know, leak out there that he was actually considering it. But I think he made a decision to say, you know what, Paul Gasol, what we're doing here, you know, I I think that's the better route, you know, and and they decided to go with that. But I do think that he received that message. You know, we'll never know for sure, but. I think he received that message. Someone told him, "Hey, KG wants to talk to you, man. You better call him back." That that could be that's that's a brain teaser because that could be possible because he just got rid of the biggest guy in the league in Shaq, exactly. and now I'm gonna take on another personality. The big girls love that. Chicks love the last shot opportunity. Somebody give me a napkin so I can wipe my mouth. Ah. It's the NBA, man. You can't predict this shit. I'm telling you. Know, you know, we people, it's just like uh, the, the, the plot lines are insane. Like You don't know how it's going to ha- unfold. And it's unlike any other sport, if you ask me. Any other league. Like What other league do you see You know, teams putting together, whether it's super teams or guys jumping ship or you know, uh, someone has a problem with somebody, you know, the, the storyline. It's just like... You don't know well, what's going to happen. Yeah, I think because the players have have more power, these huge contracts, they can decide now where they want to play, who yeah. they want to play with. That's changed the whole dynamics uh, of the NBA. When you see, because the NBA is going to do something, because the Simmons thing, they don't want that to ever be in the room again. Yeah. And but but bad example. Someone else can be like, oh, I can do the same thing. thing Here's here's the real crazy thing about it. Do you blame the players when Al Horford was sent home for twenty something million dollars and said we don't want to win in OKC, or Gilgis Alexander sent home? Do you blame the players at that time? I mean, John Wall down in Houston right now. Look, he he was shooting the ball well. He's at forty million dollars. Houston Rockets saying, hey, we don't want you to play. Now, is yeah, that but the Max, but That's what happens when you're, you're a league that's you know top seven heavy and all the other teams, they don't have really much of a, a, a chance to, to well, get a well, top I pick. Mean, they have I to mean, start losing you, on purpose, you know? Like, I mean, you blame the players, though, at that point when you have them sitting out. You, the, this is management saying sit out. We don't want you to play. John Wall, you're a good player. You're a great player. We got you, but we don't even want you to play. Al Horford, hey, come on down here. We made a trade for you to come to um, OKC. Don't worry about it. Just stay in shape. George Alexander, we'll same flip, thing. We'll flip your you contract when we get a chance. We'll flip you when we get a chance. Like. Yeah, and I mean, you look at – and we'll see what happens. Will OKC, will they ever be back on the map again considering 
all the draft picks they have. They have a, a, a boatload of high draft picks for their team. Yeah. They're taking they're taking the they're taking a page out of Danny Ainge's book, but they 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 made a remix. They're going a whole nother level. Here's the thing, though, which somebody said, and I think it's so true. In the NBA, and this came from I think Michael Felker. The NBA, you never want to be one of those teams that's in the middle because you never change really your trajectory. Yeah. What you are, you you do have to be a real bad team. And then, or you, and then you can be a good team. You can't be a first-round knockout. They never really change their trajectory because they don't have good picks, and that normally they're not able to get good players to come to their, their squads. Right. So that's the thing. You look at a team like OKC, they're in a Western Conference where you, you name about four or five teams that all have a shot to make it to the finals. And mm-hmm. say, well, where do we stand? How do we make ourselves attractive? Well, shit, look what Boston did in a matter of, what, three years that throughout that rebuild? You collected a bunch of picks. You traded and swapped guys in and out until you found the core guys that you wanted, and you're hoping that you can lure in a, a, a top-tier free agent sometime down the road just by putting together the team that he would succeed in, you know, or, or that, that sort of that sort of uh, situation. But then someone like Shea Gilders Alexandra could be one of those pieces. Maybe he's not the number one piece, but you got one so far, and you're going to – I feel like they're just being extra patient right now, you know. Just yeah, I mean, you, you can understand them trying to play their younger players. I, I do understand that. And you have to appreciate it. But um, it's just it's, it's just a crazy catch-22 when you think about how this league is and what and, and how it's perceived. And, you know, everybody, oh, it's the players doing this. Well, it has to also be owners and it has to be management. Man, people have, always blame the players like, because they – Yeah, exactly. Nobody twisted Philly's arm. And, exactly. and told them that you know go, go out and give Simmons a hundred and and eighty million dollars. That's the part I never money. understood about. Oh, these players make so much money and they they behave this way. Well, who's giving them that money? <laughs> like you're gonna blame somebody. Blame the other side. You can't blame the players. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, they're being they're being empowered. You know. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. But yeah. this is this is part of the league. And and what does it tell you about if an owner can pay you two hundred million dollars? What is the owner making? Mm. What is the owner making of a franchise? The franchises, oh, have, said, the values of the franchises yeah. have gone through the roof since the thing happened with Donald Sterling. Yeah, but no, no, no. I think it started with KG, man. I just watched the KG documentary, and he said that exact same line. Oh, that's what everyone was thinking. If you're going to sign this kid for that huge contract, and he hasn't, he's not even one of the top five, top ten players in the NBA, okay. how much are you making? The ownership of Minnesota Timberwolves is making. Never mind, this isn't New York, this isn't LA, this is the Minnesota Timberwolves. Well, and there was a lockout know, because of it. Yeah, here's the thing I thought you know? was so cool. And I and I happened to see that um that documentary. And I was in it. How good was that? I was, that? I was surprised. I was just like, damn, I was in this. I got goosebumps. Yeah, you're in it. Of course you saw it. What am I, I talking about? It. Yeah, of course. But but the but the funny thing about that was the, the most serious part about that documentary, which hit me, was when Kevin Garnett was talking about the picture of himself, Flip Saunders, and the owner Kevin McHale. Oh no, the owner. Okay, yeah. owner of the team, um, Glenn Taylor. Glenn Taylor. Kevin Garnett and Flip Sanders and himself, and they were taking a picture. And the picture, it was deep, though. Yet it was really deep. No, Kevin was sitting it. down, and, and they had Glenn standing up, and then they had Kevin below him, 
that have flipped below him. And Kevin Garnett, the way he put it was so deep, though. He said, this is the way they look at the, look at us. And oh, he said, that's right. I'm yeah. down here, yeah. and this is how they look at me. This and is my as, saying. As, this as, is my as, say in the organization. As a, as a black player. And I was just like, whoa. Because the picture was it – was, it, it was a stark picture because it was kind of yeah. done in black and white. And um, it was and, a significant dip yeah. for Kim. Yeah, yeah it and, and it was just, it was, I can understand how they framed it because, I mean, you wouldn't have Kevin Garnett standing up and Glenn Taylor, Glenn, the owner, oh, over you yeah. know, sitting, sitting down. I mean, you wouldn't, you wouldn't do that, but it was, it was just deep listening to Kevin. And the thing that you realize about Kevin Garnett is just some of the things he says that, that he, he, he's, um, a, a well thought of individual. He thinks well, he thinks out mm-hmm. the box and um, man, his work ethic again is, right. man, I, I would have, I would have loved, it was, it was really cool to see how he said, Kobe, why'd you call me? So you could, you could have had this done. All you had to do is pick up the phone and call me. And we, and he was talking about, he could have played in LA. Uh, Can we talk about that for a second? Because I've, I, that's been, that's, that's crossed my mind the mm-hmm. last few years because, uh, it, it came up in another interview. I feel like it was all the smoke, and KG, KG told the story how he couldn't get a hold of him, and he told he was, he was reaching out to you know people from the Lakers. No one, and he never heard back from Kobe. Mm-hmm. And after hearing that story, I can't, I couldn't shake the feeling that Kobe received that message. And I just think that he maybe thought about it long and hard, and maybe there was some reservation. Maybe he was like, you know what. I don't know if KG's the right guy, not because of his talent, but just because these guys could clash. You know, this guy was the hungriest guy in the NBA. There was no one hungrier for a championship than Kevin Garnett. It wasn't even close. And I think Kobe had to make a serious decision. And of course, a personal one that he wasn't going to say to anyone and make it, you know, leak out there that he was actually considering it. But I think he made a decision to say, you know what, Paul Gasol, what we're doing here, you know, I, I think that's the better route, you know, hmm. and, and they decided to go with that. But I do think that he received that message. You know, we'll that- never know for sure, but. I think he received that message. Someone told him, "Hey, KG wants to talk to you, man. You better call him back." That that could be that's that's a brain teaser because that could be possible because he just got rid of the biggest guy in the league in Shaq, exactly. and now I'm going to take on another personality. Like, this is this like, guy. This guy is already more got, passionate than Shaq, it's already, but it could be a mix. My, it could be a bad already My team. It's already my yeah. team. But but if you look at it. I think the marriage would have been unbelievable because you have oh, two yeah. of the hardest working guys in the NBA. And even when Garnett got here, people say it was his team, but at the same time, he was just as eager to push Paul Pierce ahead of him in almost every situation. You know, like if it's the closest man. Hey, I'm giving to Paul. Or so I think he would have been the same way with Kobe Bryant. I think it would have been I think that would have been a match made in heaven between those Agreed. two guys right there, Agreed. you know, and playing but, the game and playing it at that level because right. uh, nobody has probably ever been as intense as Kevin Garnett playing here in Boston. Maybe you think about Russell, you think about Bird, think about maybe Cowens who had that same kind of fire. Uh, you know, it, it just doesn't happen like that. I, I was thinking about that the other day. I said, and this could this could get me in trouble, but I'll say it anyway. Larry Bird could be the worst oh, person in the world to play with, and I, I don't say it. I don't say it in a mean way. I said because his his motor, his work ethic, 
was so doggone high that players around him could never get to that level. Somebody told me that. Oh, can I quote your book? Can I quote your book real quick? You could have dominated. You could have been more dominant in the games you played in. I said, but I had a life. I was more. Larry Bird was. Certain players are consumed by the game, and the game consumes them. Larry was consumed by the game. Kobe was consumed by the game. You know, only there's only a handful of guys that I can say just have been so single-mindedly focused that that's all they saw. And you can never, as a teammate, you can you can never match that. I remember Kobe saying to somebody when they said, I think Phil Jackson told him, said Kobe used to be on his teammates' ass. And Phil Jackson said, Kobe, nobody can ever get to your level. So stop beating your teammates up. Nobody's going to get there. Larry Bird, nobody could get to his level the way he drank, ate, and believed in the game. And this is not a slap, but it's all—it's it's a great acknowledgement about how focused he was as a player and how I looked at myself. I was like, no, nah, I got other things I like to do. I like to listen to music. I'm not consumed, but I, I love the game. The game is great to me. I'm, I feel like I'm well, good. The one call, I, didn't the one call have, I didn't have that motor. If I'd had the that one, motor, I could have gone probably to another level. The one quote that comes to mind from your book, and I think it's 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 really spot on as to what you're trying to say right now, is that some guys, some guys they find a new level of of not success, but what should I say? They find a new level of focus when it matters most, when the lights are at its brightest. And some guys they're going to give you the same level every single night. Now, some mm-hmm. people might say, "Well, the guy who gives it to you every single night." Oh man, that's amazing. But then the other guy might, or, the, or someone else might say, well, what about the other guy though? That guy, when the other one is not, you know, feeling it, he's more of a guarantee to, to step up big in the, in the big spots. Right. And that's something you mentioned in your book that you were ready and guys knew your teammates had played, played uh, alongside with you long enough to know Max ain't going to drop the ball on this one, you know? And maybe that was something that was overlooked. Yeah. That, that, and that's, that's probably true. It's like today, I think somebody was telling me we we're talking about, uh, Dan Patrick had said a couple things about me and and uh, uh, that were a little bit uh, disparaging about, you know, how I was envious, I guess, to a degree of Larry Bird. And, and if I had ever said anything that was not just spot on complimentary as a broadcaster, as a player about Larry, it's like I was trying to take down his character when even with today's comment, when I say, hard playing with him because nobody can get to his level. It's not trying to take down his character, but actually showing you the difference between what a great player he was and everybody else that was that, that was trying to get there on his level. You think of how good Kevin McHale was. Kevin McHale was one of the most dominant players around, but didn't get a chance to play as much when I was there. And then once he got a chance to play, he was dominant for a while, but then he got hurt. And it, he never was the same again. But it was just, again, trying to get to that level that Larry Bird, and I, I know very few people could get to that level. 
It's Thanksgiving and we all know what that means. Football and nothing goes better with football than turkey and betting. BetOnline has you covered all holiday season. More props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all sports action this Thanksgiving. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your promo code CLNS50 to receive your bonus. And it's not just football. BetOnline has pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, even your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is your fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. BetOnline. We're stuffed with deals this Thanksgiving. Was Jordan like that? If I had to guess. Jordan. Jordan was another guy consumed with the game. And the game consumed him. And, you know, th- yeah. those guys that you think about it, yeah, because as good as, as great as Scottie Pippen was, the knock on him was that, you know, when Jordan left, he should have taken over the game. But he was a, he was a different player. He's more complimentary to what Jordan mm-hmm. was doing instead of being as dominant. And we saw a lot of games where Scottie was so dominant and played so well. Right. But that happened. That happens. But I think that that happens playing second second fiddle or being the second banana. That 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 is going to happen to you nine times out of ten. That people are always going to compare you to the first guy, and yeah. uh, that that is not fair. But that's just how it happens. 